It is Sunday, the 26th of March, 2017, and this is episode 305 of Digital Outbox. Hello, welcome to another episode. I am Chris and Ian's here as well. Hello, Ian. Hello, Chris, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you too. Uh, it's been a little while since we last talked at you. Life gets in the way and all that. So we've got a fair few stories to be getting through and let's start off with um, one that broke a while back, but this is uh, another WikiLeaks um, release which told us that the CIA was listening to our Samsung smart TVs. And in fact, it told us a whole lot more, but that was the kind of headline that these TVs were being used as bugging devices. Uh, but effectively, it was released as part of this this, this WikiLeaks uh, document that told us all sorts of different, different backdoors that the uh, spying agencies around the world are able to use. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Samsung got the headlines, I think, because the, their ones were still out in the wild. And I think, mm. I think it was a bit more... People wouldn't probably realise that the TV is potentially spying on them, whereas it was a much it was a much more headline grabbing yeah. thing, wasn't it? Oh, because everyone's heard that the iPhone or the, the phones can uh, be bugged or whatever. But yeah, to have your TV bugging you as well, it's like oh my god. So I think a lot of the other Android and iOS um, kind of hacks that were listed in here were already already patched or about to be patched. Um, yeah, I think there was a couple of, say, uh, uh, iOS ones which weren't actually made clear in the documents about what they were. It's just, um, and obviously it's impossible to patch something if you don't really know what you are patching for. So there's pretty much, you can assume that most devices have at least had a attack vector uh, targeted at them or, you know, potential to. Uh, and these documents kind of just make that clear. I guess now the, the assumption is some, whereas before we could, you know, maybe you were a bit blind and oblivious to this before uh, WikiLeaks. Uh, now the assumption is the other way around and, you know, that brings a lot of questions with it, I think. Um, they did redact some of the data inside of these documents this time. That's the first time WikiLeaks has done that. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess, them trying to become a little bit more legitimate and a little bit more socially responsible in the data that it releases, um, especially when it was sort of, uh, personal information related to people aren't you know people not directly related to the information that's being released as it were and i'm kind of pausing there because i kind of agree with you that i thought that was that was wikileaks being better but then there seems to have been some um so so what they basically said to tech companies was we'll we'll release this to you but there's conditions that you need to agree to before we'll release this redacted stuff to you so there were some companies like Firefox or Mozilla had had said, "Yeah, we'll we'll work with you," but others like Apple and Google were just like, "Sort off, we're mm. not meeting secret conditions," and they were doing it all in the press as well. And that's, I, I don't know, just sums up WikiLeaks. I'm afraid for me, it's um, ah, a mess. The, you know, the, it's it, it's such a hard one because the, the so much of what we consider now to be you know, kind of the big questions of our day uh, were because of WikiLeaks and what it releases. And and it just showed the extent to which the government um, are willing to go and, in fact, broke the law, you know, the law that's supposed to be governing us. So the things that we assume are being, you know, kept within legal bounds. So having no oversight over all this is, you know, it's it's not good one way or the other. So they've got to find some sort of intermediate ground. Clearly, if, if everything was open, then it wouldn't be able to do its job. Uh, if everything is, is closed and then people are starting to do illegal activities, that's not good either. So somehow uh, we've got to find a middle ground and maybe WikiLeaks is, is a way of doing that. Yeah, you, you might be right. And I just I just feel they started off um with with I felt quite noble aims and and it's very murky what they do now as well. But that that's sometimes about how it's reported as well. Uh, and how you're is, led to feel about about the things it's doing. When really it is a bit like, you know, <laughs> a road is a place to deliver cars and those what those cars do is, you know, to the drivers. It's the same same here really. It's just release of documents which have been covered up for one reason or another. But it's, and I, I guess all I'm saying is it's back to what you and I guess you're right. It's back to what you believe, you know. So as as far as I can see, and as what's been, you know, it's things like in that latest U.S. election, it looks like you know Democrats and Republicans were hacked, mm. and WikiLeaks only leaked Democrat documents. Mm. 
you know, it's things like that. It's like so you're not really meeting your kind of that your mission. This goal is not with this just game. that there's some sort of thought process going yeah. into what you're releasing. Yeah, Assange. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, oh, the big the big firms have obviously, as you say, responded or uh, come back and said either that we fixed these bugs already or that they are things that are going to be fixed soon or or we're keeping an eye out or we're taking these very seriously. And so obviously Samsung in particular is saying they're obviously taking these very seriously and looking at um, what they can do to protect um, users. Uh, you know, and I guess what else can they do other than say that? Yeah, you're right. They've got to. I mean, there's a big, there's a big whiff right now about iCloud being hacked. Um, so some sort of Turkish hacking group has seemingly got, I don't know, hundreds of millions of iCloud accounts, and and they're basically threatening Apple with, unless you, unless you, you know, give us money, we will release our hack. I think it was April, was it April fourth or April sixth? There was some sort of date in April. They're saying they'll start hacking people, mm. uh, and there seems to be, I'd, and and. As usual with these things, there's a bit of smoke and mirrors. Apple yep. saying it's rubbish, and yeah, released... but you can be damn sure they're checking it's not rubbish in the yeah, background. <laughs> but they've re- this hacking group released fifty passwords, and ten of them okay. checked out. Right. So, that, but that uh, again, it not, doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything when there's so no. many other releases of data at the moment. Exactly. Then maybe their method of hacking is just to go and, and try I, all those other passwords. Since our last podcast, I've had two emails that have been part of you know leaks. Mm. So is there some? Is it? I, there's I, no. Have I been no, pawned? I think you can sign up there, and they they check for your email address. I, I, I just you. I can't bring myself to put my details into sites like that on the grounds that, uh, hey, how do I know what you're doing with that data? It's all an email address, so I, I'm not putting anyone's information in there. So my email address is already out there anyway because you can go and mm. get it on a website. So I'm yeah, that's okay. that's not the secret, but um, but it's, so all you do is you put your email address in, and they're just matching it to say, by the way. Your name, mm. address, and all yeah, these yeah, other details about you have now been yeah. leaked. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I, we're going to hear a bit later about you know the pressure that companies are under to stop making their secu- services. So there's a consumer pressure to make their cons- their services uh, secure, and there's a governmental uh, pressure to not make them so secure that they can't be delivered to government agencies when they come a knocking. Um, We'll come and talk about that in a minute. But in the meantime, let's talk about um, Google and their advertising. Because uh, that's been sort of started off as a sort of slow rumble, but it's kind of rumbled onwards. Because this is um, sort of the stories have been that BBC adverts and various other uh, brand based adverts have been uh, applied or placed next to uh, YouTube videos, which are uh, of, of, you know, extreme speech or hate speech for example um and they took exception to this and there was obviously the whole thing of this is this is uh, con- uh taxpayers money being used to advertise bbc products next to um uh, promotions which are not what they want to be pre- uh, associated with uh and and how much money these these associated um videos were getting as a result of that advertising um it's unclear exactly how much money these people do earn from their advertising, but what did become clear was that it wasn't acceptable to BBC and various other brands, and they have since uh, boycotted the, the YouTube's uh, advertising campaigns. Yeah, this this all kicked off from a Times. I think it was a Times article, and as you said, the New it, York Times article. Ah, uh, yeah, and and it was it was slow moving at first, as you said. It seemed to be like a, it's almost like it was, it was almost like as if it was quite dismissive from Google, saying, "Well, it's just part of the algorithm and." You know, brands have ways of controlling things and try to dismiss it. And then I think when, you know, and I, I guess per social media, as lots of people started contacting, you know, BBC and Channel 4 and these other organisations that they're, you know, and you could clearly see, you know, there was a, you know, basically a, yes, it was a a, a hate channel, if I call it that. Um, mm. And their adverts are getting played against it. And you know, this chap's obviously earning money from it. And the money, as you say, it's hard to calculate. The, the, the estimates. estimates there's there's you know they're talking tens of thousands of dollars estimates or hundreds of thousands in some cases um but google's own estimates are like no it's well it's nothing they use these estimate calculators which uh, you know in my experience um you don't earn anything like those kind of figures um so it's one of those they, they the, google are saying it's, it's low figures of money we're talking about whereas these sort of uh, the, the the headline figures are massive yeah um, but but the I guess the 
in some ways the amount is immaterial. It yes, was, it it's, is. It's, that's, it's, it's the, the brand damage. Yeah. yeah. So the brand damage, um, and there was a lot of UK um, companies seemed to take action, first of all. Um, so we saw, including the government, but also Guardian, BBC, a number of others pulling advertising from Google and YouTube. And and I think that was when it started to get momentum. And yes. that Google had to had to do something. So they revamped their ad policies, particularly you know, after that UK boycott. But it's actually rumbled on. So there's a number of big brands in America now pulling um, adverts from YouTube. And I guess they've sat so far, they've sat behind that kind of uh, the defense of this is an algorithm. We place adverts based on an algorithm. Uh, but I, I think there's um, in the in the back end when you're setting up these Google ads, you can say that you don't want to be associated with X, Y and Z um, products. And I think it was it this shows that it's not strong enough or it's not working in a, a good enough way. Uh, and like you say, it kind of spread outside from, from the UK and has, has, has become wider. Um, but the Google has since come and said that, okay, we hear you. We are redressing this. We're going to give you more options at the, uh, when you're creating these adverts about exactly where you want them to appear and where you don't want them to appear. Uh, and we expect that to solve these problems. And it was also interesting that a couple of the big, um, UK brands that pulled out and said they're not going to advertise on the UK. Their parent firms have said this is UK specific. This has nothing to do with us. <laughs> we we're not pulling out of, of Google, and we believe this to be a temporary issue in something that will get solved. But I think I think since then, because this was this was about a week ago, there's been a number of you know big American brands that have now pulled, um, because the although Google have said they've revamped policy and it's all about this algorithm. Well, they said they're going to as well. I don't think they're saying they've solved it yet. They're just saying they're working on it. Uh, But I think that's a problem. So because it's this algorithmic match and you can't, they they can't now guarantee it. And and again, it's like you said earlier about, you know, there's a, something's been rumbling for, you know, this has been on for months and years, you know, and it's just because it's come to attention. It's in the public eye and brands are having to say, right, we can't have this anymore. You know, well, we instead of to... being the secondary sort of avenue, you know, avenue of advertising, it's actually now one of the primary avenues. We've seen for many years now that uh, online advertising has now taken over from, you know, these uh, print-based media and TV-based media. Yep. And I mean, you said the figures for the for the YouTube user aren't clear, but for Google, the figures are very clear. They yes, they know exactly what the billion dollars are, yeah. last year yeah. in the UK alone just on advertising. Mm. Um, so these brands pulling out, is a is a big deal and they can't guarantee it so right now the tool can't guarantee that their con their their advert won't be shown against this content so they've pulled and they're getting the heat at the moment but i'm sure pretty much every other advertising uh network is exactly the same or at least uh variations of it google are the biggest one and therefore they go uh, they hit the headlines first, but the others will follow and and maybe they'll come up with a better solution that, that others will also yeah follow on with um, some more Google news. Then they've they've they're fiddling with their messaging and their kind of um, uh, online meeting stuff. <laughs> yeah, they can. It seems like like old old Google where they were scattergunning everywhere. This and then they consolidated. This is this feels like they're trying to now try and consolidate down what they're doing with meetings and with uh, messaging. Although this consolidation seems to make things a little less clear, as far as I can tell. So uh, Hangouts is going to split down uh, into a chat and a meet um application um which is going to kind of like more like their um their kind of version or addition of slack i guess is that that's they're aiming to do and then the consumers have got is it hello yeah hello and geo or something so <laughs> so we end up with these four names which ultimately trying to do very similar things but effectively they're just attacking or going after the markets of other specific apps so slack on the corporate side uh, and things like uh whatsapp and snapchat on the kind of consumer side very well put um i i, I do hope someday google knows what they're doing yeah so do i it does it does feel a little bit like mm, what yeah i'm not I'm, i don't feel any clearer no, it just feels like every every few months it's like that didn't work let's rebrand and relaunch because we we both agree hangouts is a great you know solution yeah, we, we have no problems it drives our podcast pretty much yeah. um in in the background and and it seems to work very reliably um and it came, that all came out of um sort of i guess it was various different angles came but uh, all these things came from that scattergun approach so maybe this is just part of the pain of trying to go down but it does seem by trying to chase other 
I call app app names things like Slack. They they're going they're they're trying to fit things into slots that don't quite go. I just think it becomes confusing for people. Mm. You know, it used to be, and you know, it's even when you had things like Hangouts, then you had Google Plus, and you were integrating them, and you were changing them, and it was just all. Ah, uh, just. I had f- a bug. I had a bug on my Android with uh, one of my. I think it was a Messenger app or something. And I tell you what, I couldn't Google the, res- you know, how I could get around this bug or whether I was the only one that had this bug because I couldn't tell you, you know, the number of different <laughs> like messaging apps mm. that are official Google kind of messaging app. I couldn't work out what the hell like to call it that would give me what exactly <laughs> what I wanted because <laughs> it w- it was just the straight up Android text message app. But obviously, every time you do that, it was talking about um, Hello Hangouts, and it was talking yeah, about a number yeah, yeah. of other the products that have been used <laughs> in the past. And I was like, I don't know what to look for, therefore nice. I give up. Um, anyway, yes. So in their kind of strive to try and clarify things, they they appear to have made things a little bit more confusing. But essentially, they what we got from it was that they are going after Slack. They see that as a really important product. This kind of corporate um, chat and collaborative software uh, they see that as important and they're going to be releasing you know these two products as that with the ability to integrate bots and things like that yeah there we go uh android o as well has been uh sort of unveiled android o is going to be the next one so lollipop is the one that we've got now oh what we get what we're going to be what's that going to be i thought sweetie thinking. begins with um, o. O- Could oreos <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we'll we'll see anyway oh um and there's some stuff in there which uh, most significant of which is how they're going to deal with background apps so currently the android system doesn't really have any uh, restrictions on background apps so it's up to the app developer to work out what it wants to do uh, which can sometimes lead to massive battery drain which obviously is not good for the platform gets them a bad rep and and um, and makes their phones hot <laughs> which has come back to uh, haunt them a little bit as well uh, and now they're going to put some background limitations in so things like location service it's no longer possible for a background app to continually poll that it will be updated maybe several times an hour or something like that uh, at most um, which I guess in some situations are going to break the functionality of applications. Uh, other way, you know, other people are going to have to work out how to do it. But but effectively, the the long term goal is to stop these background applications, which occasionally, and I have it regularly actually, uh, steal the resources. And suddenly you find you feel it's quite warm in your pocket, and suddenly your battery is just getting drained, and it's not clear by what. I know. I know. Certainly, in iOS, I I've got the same issue. And yeah, it's and just... I'm. Absolutely, and they've already got these restrictions, so it's probably not yeah. going to solve the problem. It's just going no, to help. No, I mean, I was shocked. I actually did a cleanup about sort of, three weeks ago. I was just shocked how many apps were, mm. were and, and I can't remember switching it on. You know, and some of them were bizarre. Some of them were mm. like, "Why do you need, you know, to be running in the background and yeah. grabbing data and doing a mm. background refresh?" Some of them were just like, "I would never switch that on." But no, but you do have about seventy billion apps. I do. You are responsible for most of the trillion application downloads. So I did. I did. I did go and like turn off <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah, because also with these automatic updates, I know that they don't really extend their permissions, but sometimes they will have already had a permission which they now start using in a different exactly. way. And I think that's part of my issue that that mm. you know, all of a sudden you know, like it's like what's what's happened now? Get like Snapchat features in it, so that yes. it's a way polling more and doing more. Yeah, it's doing like, more stuff in the background. Yeah. It was back in the day. It was just a text message. Mm-hmm. When it first started out, and and you may have given it that permission, and like yeah. I say, now they over time they've just decided they're going to start using it and leveraging it. In different this ways. this felt like a fairly you know smallish yeah. update. You know, it almost felt like the kind of. There was some developer-based updates. Yeah. Um, and there was uh, what else was there? Audio codecs that Sony yeah. have supplied, picture in picture, which I know came to iOS, and it was actually I, all right. Well, like, I I still I don't see it. I don't see like on my phone why I need to, to be able to do that, I, or or the situations that, which that will become relevant. Yeah, I, I so I'd, on on a tablet it's certainly more relevant. Yeah, just, maybe there's and, just not much screen real estate on a phone, is there? So. No, so I think in a phone, no, but in a, and certainly tablets. And I know, I know there's Android tablets, but they're not as popular as maybe other tablet manufacturers. Mm. Other tablet manufacturers are available. Um, snooze on um, things like uh, notifications is a nice option, so you can deal with them later, uh, just so they're not bugging the hell out of you. Um, yeah. So yeah, not it didn't feel 
that amazing but then again it's things in the background obviously take a bit of time they know that by delivering those background things they're going to give the developers quite a lot of work to do anyway um uh, yeah we know we know in the phone market now things are refined to that extent that it's applications that give things the uh the big yeah the big leaps in functionality it's not the underlying operating system anymore and in some ways it, it just feels like they're just setting a stall out ahead of probably io you know just to say look oh this is a bit of a bit of a maintenance one lots of stuff in the background I like the new Google Maps um, features, though. So they've got sort of location sharing features now inside of Google Maps. Um, so you can have a kind of find my friends type location sharing so your friends can see where you are. And a really nice um, share my trip um, kind of location-based service. So if you're traveling somewhere and you've got friends at the other end, rather than, you know, in a traffic jam having to sit and uh, not text in nowadays, I guess, um, they're offering a different way of you being able to keep the person that you're traveling to up to date with your current location and check when you're going to arrive by sharing your trip um so basically you can decide to share your movements with a particular subset of people uh, and they can keep up to date with your expected arrival date and see where you're up to i thought these were really nice as well so i, I had yeah. find my friends on for a couple of folk and and I, I switched it off in a rage one day when i found out shack was just constantly checking up where i was it's <laughs> like that's that's not the point of this <laughs> <laughs> and I what's he doing now oh pretty much it was like i see you on such and such and i was like right that's that's turned <laughs> right. off that you don't is... need to know that <laughs> exactly and uh, he was hacked off as well he was like, i can't believe you've done that and i was like well i can't believe you're cyber stalking me <laughs> but I, I like the way this was just like uh you know if i do what is your location you know like if you were coming up to glasgow or i was meeting somebody in town you know here's what i'm yep yeah uh, totally i'd say it, it made a lot of sense to me i like it's optional and i like the fact that you can pick and choose who you're going to share it with that's and nice. also the time that's what i liked so i could say you know for the next hour share this location yep. you know, and then you know you're not getting and this. it automatically stops the sharing as soon as you arrive yeah. at wherever you're, you're and based. google maps is still the best maps product definitely easily yeah BT, um, this is a while back as well, but it's a big story since we last spoke. Um, it's agreed to split from OpenReach. I say split in a kind of, i putting my inverted commas fingers up. Um, but basically, uh, BT was given the option to supply ways that they could solve some of the problems that other providers had with them op owning and operating OpenReach. They didn't come up with a solution. So Ofcom said, right, you're going to have to split. Um, and they have done to a certain extent. The board is now separate. Uh, their decision making is separate, but they still come on. They're still owned effectively by BT. Uh, their their budget is still controlled by BT. Um so there is a degree of split, but it's still not as drastic as, as as they're not physically two separate companies. They're just two entities within the same company, basically. Um, some you know, it's, over time, it's going to tell whether that's sufficient to uh, alleviate the problems. They certainly have to take more direction from the people that they do the work for. So on behalf of people like Sky and other big uh, operators like that. Yeah, and I mean the article does describe it. So they had one of the. I'm not going to pronounce his surname, but, but the head of regulation that you switch to describe it as a middle ground, you know. Mm. So it's it's not as not as as far as as what the other companies were hoping for, and it's and it's further than BT initially were, you know, wanting to keep. And it's I mean, it's big numbers. I mean, this is 30, I mean, OpenReach is thirty-two thousand staff. It's not yeah. It's not yeah. A, you know a few hundred folk keeping the. I mean, that's it. Just shows you how how dependent you know we all are now on broadband and its infrastructure. You know, so yeah, so. 100% it's not a, it's not a th I think maybe a halfway house was almost what was needed here because there are benefits to having it under BT and the amount of the the kind of money um opportunities that BT give it and the amount of investment mm. that BT are able to give that company uh, and there's no saying that a completely separate company would be able to deliver anything like the kind of services that we get from OpenReach so that's all up in the air the argument was that um this was purely being directed by one company and therefore one company's aims were going to, the views were taking into account far more than another other companies who relied on that service and aren't allowed to be involved in that service due to sort of this regulation so um maybe the halfway house and maybe those people having more of a say and more of a, a vote when they're deciding where are we next going to you know invest uh, in you know fiber or whatever maybe that is the the, what we need uh, i think over time it'll tell i think now that we're halfway split will mean that there is an opportunity to do go you know the full hog if it's shown that this halfway house doesn't work yes 
I, the, the trouble is, I, I think all the other companies are probably always going to insist that this isn't working. So yeah, but, they, the, but they, hopefully they're not also blind to the fact that you know, by completely splitting away, they're going to have to be, maybe invest more and they have to yeah. put more money on the table oh, to absolutely. make that happen. And, and whether they've even got that money to be able to put up. BT has so many income strands, um, you know, and Sky spends it all on football. I guess BT does as well. So I was going, they, going to say BT. It's <laughs> no different really. I mean, they, um, they've, they've, had to, they've, increased, they've had to increase their offer for football and they reckon it already is a loss leader. So it's like, yeah. I think they're already so talking they're just... about a pound or two this year extra for BT customers. Uh, and I've already seen my Sky go up by that much money. And I, every time I look at BT, they're always, yeah, like you say, bumping it. That's where I chop them off. You know, um, I reckon I reckon it's New Deg. <laughs> I wasn't it's gotta sure. Be, it's got to be New Deg. Unless double sure. G means something, maybe it's New Deg. And, and that's, that's, that's why I stopped. So Richard... <laughs> Richard, no, is, it a, is it nude Richard egg boy. or is it a nude egg? <laughs> who know? Yeah, maybe it's nude egg. <laughs> uh, Swatch. Now, who knew this news was coming? Swatch is working on its own smartwatch OS. Why? This is, uh, yeah, quite. Why? So this is I, this is kind of hot on the heels of so Tag Heuer kind of announced they were going to do the smartwatch, with everyone looked at it and thought that was fine. Uh, Tag Heuer went with the Android Wear direction, which. In some ways, is sensible because it gives them all the foundations they need. They're going to go off and do their slightly own thing. But then you do think, how are Tag Heuer going to add their... What's going to be different from me buying this tag, which is going to cost me multiple thousand pounds to buying just a cheap Android Wear watch on it? And that's still not clear other than the uh, nice logo that they've got on it. Um, and, and, and the thing I still have about uh, so a smartwatch, the trouble... And that's what I mean, to think back to the Apple Watches when they came out. And everybody would talk about the 12 grand edition saying that's going to be out of date in you know, two, yeah. three years tops. How do you yeah. get, what's the value in that? And Unless that tag is part of their price tag is saying, yeah, we'll keep updating it for you. You and can get a new bit of hardware. I, and, I, and that's what I don't know. Because if you get a yeah. tag and you do spend your three, four, five grand on it. You don't want to be sat in a year's time thinking, fuck. Yeah, but 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 you know, but you know, like if you bought a proper one, like if you bought a mechanical one, it's like yeah, that, you no, know that's, that's good for life. Hopefully, that's the yeah. whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah, you whereas, want that. You want that for the whole life. Whereas that with an Android Wear, nah. You don't want it to. Be, if Android Wear stalls and that's all it does for the rest of its life, that's that's hopeless. Anyway, so Swatch is going down this different route, and they're going to build their own um, OS, which is such an extreme thing to do. Um, and I. It can surely only be doomed to failure. Uh, I don't, the, the trouble I have is just it's like how are you going to get? It's, it's already difficult for companies to support you know like Android and iOS, and, and yeah. you're going to and you're now going to have a Swatch OS and, and what, Fitbit is doing its own OS. It's like it's I guess even, it depends how far they think this is going to go. Whether they want all these apps on it or whether they're just doing it for. You know, like the Withings type watch, which is is there yeah, for a specific reason and a tracker, but maybe. but it seems it seems like like ugh, I can't see it can't see it working. It's not going to take off. I mean, fit, fit, but I've done better than I thought they would, to be fair. Um, yeah. But I, I, I still. But they keep it direct and simple. They they, they do, do it to a set set of rules. Exactly, and and I I think if they try to stray from it, that's when they'll come unstuck. So yes. The first time Fitbit do a general just yeah. smart watch that has got these tracking functions, I don't think even they've got the no. the the backing to do that. So this, this seems I don't know. This seems a bit doomed. All this stuff. Yeah. Remember what was uh, Pebble? I yeah it was Pebble and there was IBM OS. What was that one? Web OS or something? Web OS got bought by IBM. I can't remember. Did you... Was it Palm? It was Palm OS, wasn't it? Was it was Palm, and then it and that went to wasn't didn't that turn into Web OS when it went onto printers and stuff? Because no, was it not? It. Was it not um, LG that bought some of that and it turned I into the TV interface? Oh, I don't know. I know. I think it, anyway. Whatever happened to it? There you go. Shows it was doomed and dead, basically. But there we go. Um, Amazon has added Alexa to its main shopping app, so when you download the latest version of their app, you will get a microphone symbol which you can now use, and it's not limited to the functionality of the uh, just the shopping. It actually does what Alexa does, so you can talk to it and you can uh, find out the weather. You can do all those kind of normal Alexa type things and control your home and home devices. So it's kind of a way of bringing Alexa to your phone, and also sort of I guess. 
the reason that, that it's not just part of a separate application is because the reach of their shopping app is wide enough that they want to get people sort of hooked into that concept of talking to your phone and asking it questions because you can even put the the, the, um, the skills in there and stuff so it's it's fully fledged uh, and maybe this is the way of them then trying to steal that market and sort of really hammer their nail home uh, and that's that's all I was going to say. I think this is them. We've already got an advantage. Let's just let's just like finish them. Finish them. You know, well, it, it would have felt more normal for it to have been a separate application that you went yeah. to download. But I could fully understand that. Hey, we've already got an application here. It's on X million billion who knows phones. Let's put it there, and that's where we're really going to get people on the uh, the cheeky the cheeky taster. Yeah, no, on, the, on, just... the, on the street corner ahead of. I, I, I just think they're hammering, hammering their advantage home. Yeah, no, I, I, really I, I think it's a sensible decision and let's see how it goes. Um, Apple pulled all their shopping trolley down the other day and it was all for the launch of the same things, really. Um, iPhone <laughs> Red campaign. We we often have these red editions. Uh, these are the ones that go and support um, the AIDS charity. Um, so... I guess it's it's normally halfway through a product's life cycle they they come up with a red version and they came out with uh, also refreshes to the iPhone iPad and to their watch uh, range mostly a little bit more memory and cost reductions is that kind of where we were at Yeah so red iPhone um the 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 iPad Air is now gone so you've got the two Well it's not gone so much as just called an iPad isn't it Yeah but the Air naming's gone and also, if you look at what the iPad Air was, and now what you look at what the iPad fifth generation, which this one is, it's the same size, but the screen's actually taking a step back, and right. it's slightly thicker. Um, and it's it's you could almost call this iPad education. So this is like three hundred and thirty mm-hmm. quid for an iPad. Yeah, I'll so see, it's their cheap end of the market. I'm saying three thirty. It's three forty quid. It's three thirty dollars and three forty pounds. <laughs> no, so it's the actually, first time ever. Yeah. So thanks, thanks Brexit, thanks exchange yeah, rate, first time ever. Thanks Apple. Um, and we saw some other tweaks. There was new watch straps, and there was um, the iPhone SE's got double the RAM for the same money, um, and that that was about it. And and that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine, but it's got a lot of lot of kind of Apple watchers really concerned about the. Oh. When have Apple watches never been concerned? No, but I just but, <laughs> they but, are constantly live in a state of concern. But I think it's just the. Way oh the my Mac, god! It's we've got new Mac products. Community. It's a no, bit cheaper. No, no, no. We've got more memory. Oh my god! No, but you're we're being, you're being, you're being the, um, If you look at the Mac <laughs> products, you know there's they're just, just a whiff of staleness about them. There is the there's iPads, definitely a whiff of staleness. We've, again, we've talked about that before. You know, it's like it, it just feels like it needs a refresh, and and even just for a fact. But if you look at if you buy a new iPad right now, it, 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 they zoom through everything. You know, and that's. Yeah, no, I, I I totally get it. There is the whiff of staleness, um, but yeah, doesn't st- still doesn't stop people. Even when there's like new products come out, it still doesn't stop them being. No, and I think I think also the the kind of tech and podcast community are used to every year. Every year's on yeah. the iPad. They're every year's on the iPhone. They're too hungry. Uh, one one of the one of our future talking points will be around that. Um, yeah, but not Apple, today. not today. Um, Apple has acquired Workflow. Yes. Um, this was an automation app. Yes, it's a very, 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 very clever automation app on iOS. Um, allows you to do lots of smart things, um, so it lets you integrate lots of apps. And it's almost like it was a kind of scripting language, you know, for iOS, but also has um, lots of hooks into web services as well. So I, so I do a weekly post in my blog, um, which is just a digest of you know what I've read and enjoyed this week, and I actually automate that via workflow. Um, just one button push and uh, it gathers all my pinboard stuff that I've tagged appropriately. Um, it sucks them all up into a WordPress post, which goes and puts the right template in and tags it all properly. And then I just need to go and add some comments. Yeah, that does that sounds like you say quite advanced, quite quite geeky. Um, so Apple have bought them. And do you um, think they've done that to squash the progression, or do you th- and they'll bring that into their main APIs? I'm hoping it's a. I'm hoping it's a. a you know, be optimistic. I'm hoping it's a maturing of iOS, so that it's going to bring more kind of scripting opportunities. Um, and what I hope it's not is that we've bought it to get the people, and they'll just they'll just kill it. We've seen that so many times, though. Exactly. And even when they say with intention that they they're not going to kill it, eventually it just dies. Yeah. Um, for, and and we've seen them buy things before so that they can bring them into their you know get rid of that market and bring them into our own 
kind of um, our way of doing things when we're ready to do those kind of things. So Workflow is, you know, the company was a small team. It was four people. It's not like they've bought mm. a company of 50, 60 or 100 or, you know, 1,000. It's four guys have bought. Um, and it's now free. Um, but the first update also removed um, some some hooks to Google Chrome, which mm. got a lot of people going, there you go. You know, there's yeah. a typical <laughs> Apple. But it's interesting, Marco Arment, uh, who we've talked about in the podcast, where he, he had a few tweets um, so he was asked about four or five weeks ago to sign a new, basically new legal terms, authorizing workflow to, you know, be able to talk to his Overcast app. Um, and his his theory is this isn't Apple being Apple. It's just it's just lawyers. Um, they'll have probably sent out this to all the different app companies, and there'll be some day there'll be a legal team at Google probably sitting with this request going, "What's workflow?" You know, and mm. it's it, it, you know it's it's probably more that than anything suspicious because you can change to use um, like it, it, webhooks and stuff to do the same stuff that they had done directly against Chrome. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's a really smart app. Um, it lets you code visually, uh, and also you can start to hack quite a lot of coding if you prefer it that way as well. It's really really nice. There you go. Let's see what so happens it'll be with that interesting. one. Interesting. Hmm. UK has banned large electronic devices on flights from six Middle East and North African countries. So this is pretty much any device bigger than, uh, I guess, I even includes some phablets. But it's basically phone sized device is going to be fine. But anything bigger than that, including laptops, is going to be uh, banned from being in your hold luggage. They uh, have to be checked in properly and put into the. Um, no, I don't, sorry, the other way around. It's not in the cabin luggage. You're, you can have it in your whole luggage. Uh, but this is specifically directed at uh, flights originating from these specific locations. Yes. And so, follows US regulation. Yes. So um, if you're flying from Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, Tunisia, and Saudi Arabia, um, and that ties to 14 airlines, whereas American ones was against, I think, eight countries and only those countries' airlines, not mm. any American airlines, whereas the British one are just targeting anybody that's flying direct flights from there. And it wasn't clear at the time whether this was due to any particular uh, you know, uh, intelligence they'd received specifically around those areas or whether this was just, is this just them saying, look, we can't legis- we can't protect you against sizes these devices because they look at that size like normal laptops, but they're not really. They've got nefarious results or whatever. So... Who knows what it's driven by, but it was a, a joint announcement by US and UK. So it's obviously something that, that we've been working on together. I, I think UK have now have since come out and said it is it is uh, based on information and it's you know with regards to terrorism. Um, and I do I do wonder if this is like a slippery slope from a because everything shrinks, you know, and I can I can see this ending up being a phone ban as well. I know it just depends what happens. You know, if somebody, I think they can they on a, from a consumer level though they can justify. It. I don't think other than the business company, you know, business end of things. Uh, I think there are people that take their laptops onto planes, but it's not massive now with all the entertainment systems. Um, you know, I, I certainly when I'm flying, I don't see hundreds of people with laptops. No, so I think you can get away with it in the kind of cattle class, but with phones, I don't think you'd get away with that. People won't be without their phone. No, and another bit that annoys me about laptops is folk like wandering around with them, it's open, and it's like I don't care what you're doing; it can't be that important. Even if you're share <laughs> trading right now, it's just like put it away and sit down. You clearly don't chair. have an important enough job. I, I I don't. I just want to stab somebody. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to cause some terrorism when I see somebody wandering around <laughs> on open laptop and clearly can't shut it down. It's welcome like, to oh. Ian's head. <laughs> oh, honestly, I just want to punch them. It just really irritates me. <laughs> Uh, alongside those kind of announcements, we've also had more, um, uh, basically our home secretary um, saying, I want access to everything. Intelligence service want access to everything. So basically this thing hasn't gone away. Um, she's saying now that the um, Khalid Massoud, who carried out the, the trustees in London, was potentially talking on WhatsApp before the attack, and she wants to be able, the police to be able to see that. Even though they've come out and said he was working completely alone and blah, 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 still they want to see who he's been talking to, whatever, and they can't at the moment because it's an end-to-end encrypted service. Um, and she's saying, this can't go on. We've got to have a way of breaking into this. And we've talked at length before on our podcast about 
you can't give a backdoor without also weakening the service from uh, and f for attack of personal data uh, and all the things that come along with that um you know so you know they're going to have to somehow balance off this need for you know the intelligence services to be able to access this information or police even uh, against this if you leave everyone's data open then there are plenty of people out there who go and grab that data and they also use it for criminal ends and you know whatever your views are probably there's more loss of from data loss than there is from terrorism around the world so this, this was fresh this morning so so rudd was on the andrew marshall babbling on about this this morning and then the kind of quote the quote the quote that summed up was me was this when it, it used to be that people would steam open envelopes or just listen on on phones when they wanted to find out what people were doing and and it was the way she then blurted out legally you know through warrants <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah but in this situation we need to make sure that intelligence services and she did say intelligences as well have the ability to get into situations like encrypted whatsapp I never knew what that was a situation, but there you go. And uh, you know, she's been given a a briefing, basically, and you can tell even you know the words used doesn't show a great deal of knowledge. What they do get, what you do know, is in the background, intelligence and police are clearly telling the government that they are in situations where they cannot do the policing that they want to be able to do. So you can totally see from the policing and protection services um, why they're getting frustrated. Um, you know but the same reason you can also see from the you know human rights and personal freedoms angle that you can't just sit and um listen in on everyone without a, you know a justifiable reason uh warrant um for example and i think they've proved before that once they get a warrant it's just they can't have a look at what's happened before they've had that warrant that's one of their biggest issues when they've got a warrant then companies can release information and can even insert into those services i think we've seen that before and again, and it's all. I mean, obviously, what happened through the week was horrendous. Um, but I think, I think, since then, it feels like it's another attack on tech. Um, so I think one yeah. of the papers had said, you know, Google was at fault. The, the, and you know, every the guy time had Googled we see this, how to do the attack, it's like he drove a car. It's it's like the it's like the advertising campaign. Google doesn't make those videos and put them up. Uh, it just puts adverts on pages. We know it does that, and their system is obviously fallible. They get blamed. So it's people looking for a blame, you know, and like say with the, the, the London terrorist, he, he was working alone. So what? What? why will having a load of communication things help that? You've already told us that, which is, you know, who knows, that's probably a lie as well. But I just I, I, it bugs me that they're, you know, it, it does bug me because it's like through the week where, you know... How we would it help? Be, well, I was just going to say, we won't be cowed and things will, you know, life will go on. It's like, and then three days later, it's just you, a conservative... You have sweeping changes which say well, we won't be able to see and yep. snoop on you. And to me, it's a conservative attack on, on rights again. You know, I, mm. I, I firmly believe that. However, um, I still totally see the other side. You know, if I was a policeman trying to investigate these things, then sure, these nice little honeypots of data which which are hanging there and just out of reach at the moment. They want to get hold of them. Of course they do. Um, but I, they should just, only be able to do that in a controlled and legal way. I, I just think if somebody, you know, if it was if it was a, and I'm not, I'm not saying the guy wasn't a terrorist, but if it was a proper terrorist group, there would be other, you know, so yes, you can go and stop your, you know, chat services and signal and, you know, I think they've got WordPress in through the week at the, Mm. at number 10 to come well, they're, to they're conference. all talking they're all talking about but how do we solve this problem there's always going to be a you know some of these groups are massive now and they have their own tech folk that would just set up their own encrypted service that would stop anybody listening in and ah mm. uh, it's not the answer what is the answer though to nintendo's joy-con problems talk about opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> there's no way to segue there is there <laughs> I was. I'd left if it only, that week. If I'm only thinking. the if only the social networks could solve their problem with a piece of foam, because <laughs> that's how that's how Nintendo solved their Joy-Con problems. So this was, if you remember, before launch, we saw reports of the jo uh, left Joy-Con specifically uh, disconnecting uh, and losing sync, and therefore causing games to go out of control rampantly. Um, they have solved it or someone sent it away for a, a fix and it came back and turns out that fix was a little bit of conductive foam. Um, and that's that apparently has helped. 
so, so I think people were, were self-soldering a lot of oil and stuff, and that was fixing it. So it's probably just doing the same thing, just boosting the. Boosting and that's the so there you go. Big tech firm can actually work out how to solve the problem without needing to attach aerials and things like that. Just a bit yeah. of foam. Bit of foam. Um, and at least Nintendo have actually come out now because initially they were saying it's not a problem. It's you're holding it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're holding it wrong. You're sitting too near fish tanks and your wireless is interfering with it. Yeah. All of which they should be able to say, we thought about that before we released a product. But now... And what they're saying now is is that anybody buying a new one, it's all fine. Most people who've got one don't have an issue. If you, are if you do have an issue, an issue then, yeah. send it away. Yeah. But I did, again, it's soul destroying. I saw a guy um, tweet yesterday saying Nintendo have just done the worst thing ever to how many his whole gaming kids. a guy our age, you know, it's an old guy. Um, so he'd hit a problem with his Nintendo Switch. I, mean, I don't know if it was a screen issue, and he had to send it away. And they emailed him to say, "Right, we're going to send you a new Switch. However, we can't transfer your Zelda save, so you lost your fifty hours of Zelda. <laughs> and that is for a game like Zelda, which is it is a fantastic game. But I can't see anybody putting in another fifty hours to get back to that point again. It can. Be, uh, some people will do, and they they're, they're oh, a bit nutty. But, but, but I would I would be damn for done. me. I had a I had a, I think. A, 10 maybe hours invested into Arkham City the, the, I don't know which of a Batman that was and I had a corrupted save and I had to do it all again and that felt like a chore and that yeah. was only 10 hours I, but nevertheless it's not the worst thing in the world to be given a new uh, switch no if it was no. broken but, but it's, I, I still I still think I do I do hope you know next firmware or in the next six months that they do actually say yeah there's cloud saves i was going to say cloud saves is the solution isn't it, that, that most is, firms that... have been doing for a while now <laughs> yeah and and, and yeah, i think half. it does show they've rushed they've rushed it to market yeah which we saw it with the xbox we saw it now with a nintendo but, in fact two nintendo products but i will say zelda what a game how many hours in are you now i'm um, about 15 which is a lot for me yeah that's not bad for you but it's still not as not as much as I'd I'd want you to be. No, in. but but I'd, I've, I I'm only doing I'll do like an hour or two every sort of yeah. three four days. It's just a, it's a, that's the kind of it's like you got a life or something. Yeah, I'm just damn so. you. So I'm playing Mass Effect, which was released to critical disdain. I think rather than acclaim, uh, it didn't get very good results. Um, mostly saying it was a bit, you know, it wasn't as good as it, pretty much the the pretense was. It's not as good as their the originals it's a little bit more flat and not as engaging um so far i've been enjoying it. i'm still very much in the early stages but actually i've quite enjoyed it it's not i i know that i understand the story because quite a lot of the mass effects i don't really understand there's too many things going on it blows my mind um but in this one i understand what i'm doing you know uh, and i can see how it's branching out from from this in the line now i have every confidence that that i'll hit those kind of same review problems as far as is it going to keep me engaged and long term? And who knows? Um, I will obviously feedback once I get far enough through. As ever, my cheesy reviews will be uh, in another two, three months when it's completely irrelevant to have a review. But I'm still going to. I was do going it to see because... it in the next podcast as a month away. We also we that. both picked up um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yes. Which we've only done two sessions. It's stunning to look at. I, yeah. I mean, the, the actual environment is amazing. Um, I, 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 I do struggle with the old car handling. That just, that just it, feels it is rubbish. Crap. <laughs> um, Edge. So I, 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 I'm still an Edge subscriber. Edge popped to the door yesterday. Mm-hmm. Give it a four. Really? That low? That low. They were That's... scathing. Because the sessions we've had, um, it feels very much like a kind of spaced out Grand Theft Auto, really. You're going from mission to mission. It's an open map. Um, people have said it's very much like the Far Cry games. I've never really played them. Um and I can see that there are glitches, but the shooting mechanic feels very solid and it feels quite satisfying. And who knows, maybe that just gets a bit boring after a while. But I certainly know people that are enjoying it and I think we should still dig in a bit more. No, I, I still do. I, I still think there's there's a there's a game in there that's worth playing. And also when multiplayer comes, I'm hoping that adds, you know... Get some of the old recon Longevity. But it just it's the last paragraph from Edge. Well, Wildland succeeds only where success is a matter of spreading a big enough budget over a large enough area. <laughs> it's vast, its landscapes are gorgeous, its weapon customization system is extensive, and it provides an endless list of things to do. Which, which even in the little two little sessions we've had, is, yeah, is, you can is see true. Yeah. Um, yet, in areas money can't buy, it stumbles. Its driving model AI and repetitive mission structure all cry out for more elegant design. Um, and combined to leave Wildlands in the strange position of 
looking expensive but feeling cheap <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's blithely edge. misjudged tone and directionless structure suggests design on autopilot and empty bigness is no longer enough to carry an open world game on its own now nah, well you've depressed me now now i don't want to play anymore <laughs> the game's or... premise may come straight from trump's paranoid playbook but it's hollow extravagance is arguably the more damaging. All right, point stop it. Stop it. Stop, stop, stop. We'll get four. sued by we'll get sued by Edge for, for copyright. Uh so yeah, there you go. So not the most glowing review. Most <laughs> other reviews I've seen have kind of said that it's uh five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, I'd say it's been as high as eight and uh but seven or eight is kind of seems where most people put that game at. So edge, that so edge is always critical. <laughs> what, what Edge are gonna say about Mass Effect? God. Don't tell me. We'll definitely get sued. <laughs> anyway, um, we haven't got a talking point today. Um, we've been delayed in the release of our podcast, as you obviously will be aware. It's been a while since our last one. Um, so we will save our next talking point for when we've got something to talk about. Um, but in the meantime, digitaloutbox.com is our website. Uh, info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address and Twitter is digitaloutbox. I'm on Twitter as GZUK and my racing is academyracer.co.uk and we I'm due off in two weekends time basically. So um, that'll exciting. be our first race. Exciting. Yep, it's good. Where can we find you, Ian? Uh, web is iandd.net and Twitter is chpipa. Lovely. Anything else? Nope. Hopefully um, we'll be a bit sooner this time because I won't be as unwell as I was and you won't be as <laughs> yeah, busy. You- Yes, it's it hit it hit bad. Ian got snotty, I got busy. There you go. Oh, Turns I'd... out I get tired when I get busy. Yeah, I mean I've still I've still got it. It's been two and a half weeks now. Yuck. Still kinda of hanging around. <laughs> Let's exactly. leave, leave everyone with that. Right. Speak to you next time. Goodbye. Ta-da. We've also got a big launch next week. What's launching? Samsung. New phone. Ah, uh, okay. The biggest phone in the planet. New tested phone. <laughs> as the adverts keep telling us. <laughs> we should have a we should have a, a little bet right now that in an hour and a half long <laughs> an hour and a half long, you know, kinda show, demo, whatever you call it, launch, keynote. Will it keynote. catch on fire? No, no. <laughs> how how what percentage will they focus on safety and testing? <laughs> Yes. How how many videos of their testing regime will they release in their hour long? We've moved to a removable battery, so when it does catch fire, you can pop it out and it <laughs> you doesn't can, destroy you can chuck your it phone. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it now comes with a fire extinguisher built in. <laughs>